0: And now, sifting through the static with your host, Justin Brenner. All right, we are live. It is a pleasure to finally meet this beautiful young lady uh, by the name of Phoenix Ha. Um, did I pronounce your name right?
1: You did, nailed <laughs> it.
0: Did anybody ever pronounce it wrong? It seems pretty easy.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> thankful for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, you have been in ad League, You know, I was. We were talking before the before we were getting ready to go live, and. I, been in AdLeaks for how long now?
1: About almost three years.
0: Yeah so, yeah. so quite a while and I I'm actually an never even uh, the great thing about AdLeaks is there's a lot of brilliant minds in in the group that necessarily aren't always active but kind of come out of the the woodworks when needed um, and I know you have a very interesting story which is awesome to hear about how your career got started and then I would love to hear a little bit of a about you before we dive into the main reason what we're here here for. And we're going to talk um, holiday recap, plus looking at some um, advanced Facebook scaling and optimization techniques. So I'll let you kind of take it away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And like, it's always an honor and a blessing to even be able to talk about things that we love to do. I think that's like the cool thing about our community is we're all so hungry and then we get together and just geek out together. So um just grateful to be here. But yeah, and I was just talking to Justin about how I started out in my career, it, it was maybe whenever iOS 14.5 hit, it feels like eons ago at this point because I've had such a bad headache, but I came on to AdLeaks Premium, loved it because I was just, you know, fairly new to the space in terms of community and always just figuring it out myself. And I noticed everybody's figuring it out themselves. And when iOS 14.5 hit, it was radio silent. Nobody was talking about solutions. And I think it was mainly because nobody had one yet. You know, there were some tools that were in the mix and they're really expensive. Not everybody could afford it. Also, like what were we going to expect with iOS 14.5? We had iOS 14 and then all these, you know, different rollouts. So I went on to ad leaks, went on a live, actually in the Facebook group, and just started venting about what I saw, the Wall Street Journal, uh, A-B testing, Android versus Apple. I did my own case study and watched, you know, trends and, and what I saw with specific clients. And through that, I had Chad Wilton reach out to me and go, Hey, I really want to talk to you about this. We had a really good one-on-one similar to you and I, Justin. And then he's like, let's, let's have you speak at AdWorld." And I was like a total underdog. I still am. And it did really well. And then went to Dubai at affiliate world, still so surreal. And then did ad world again. And then did geek out with Nick and everything kind of took a turn, but it, it all is because ad leaks. So I'm very, very grateful for this platform.
0: Uh, yeah. Chad is a great guy. I actually knew him 2000 and since 2009, he was my affiliate rep at Neverblue. So, uh, very, very good guy. Um, love him to death. Been around the block oh, too. Um, guy. so you are, do you have an agency or kind of what is your, are you a loaner media buyer or what does your team look like? What does your infrastructure look like? That kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, so uh, I currently am transitioning out of the Director of Paid Social and Organic Social role at National Physicians, which is a pretty great agency. We've been around for about 20 years, based in Westlake Village, California. And that was kind of my first dive in. Absolutely love it. So we have a team of about five media buyers, um, and they just go hard in the pain. And watching them grow is amazing. So a lot of what we're going to talk about in holiday is a reflection of that. Um, I do also consult from time to time if friends need help. I am not driven by money, so I'm probably the anomaly in this space. I'm, I'm driven by community and people. So if anybody ever needs help, you can always just get me up and we'll talk and just brainstorm. But as of right now, I'm transitioning out to my role as CEO of AdBeacon. And it's kind of a really beautiful evolution of time, right? I started off in ad leaks complaining about iOS 14.5. And then I saw there was alternatives of different first party data tracking platforms, what I needed to do and needed to do in the space and didn't find one that really suited my needs. So I actually convinced a group of really incredibly talented and way smarter than me people to build a platform. And then we tailored it to my taste, which is again, so surreal and used that actually in beta for 10 months. And then we used it full force for a holiday this year. So I'm the CEO of that company, and I'll be transitioning out in the new year, which is now.
0: Oh, nice. Well, congratulations on the new position. Um, And again, thanks for being here. So I I would love to dive in and just talk high level, Start out high level, and then we'll kind of get into the weeds a little bit. So 2023 versus, well, we're not 2023. So 2022 Q4 versus 2021 Q4, Um, what were your guys' main takeaways in terms of, you know, we had kind of to give everybody a little bit of recap, but it seemed like 2021 was down from previous years because of the high that we were on from iOS 14. Um, I don't even know when COVID started, if it was 2019, 2018, but I know it's been a couple of years now. So seems like if I remember correctly, that 2021 was kind of a downfall. Um, a little bit uh in terms of revenue and ad spend things were down. Uh, from previous highs but from pre-COVID it was up but people had gotten so used to the luxury of what you know transitioning everybody into their homes and and what that kind of brought how did you see the two years kind of differ in your view and kind of and kind of how did your strategy um align with kind of what you saw coming or what did come and, and how did you position yourselves
1: yeah so um Look, I am not against telling you that we've failed, but I am also not against telling you that we won. And I think for our team, we did win actually twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, and then twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. And I don't think it's because it, we had hurdles. Like there's so many hurdles, and the hurdles being iOS fourteen point five, which is uh, you know obvious, mm-hmm. you know delayed tracking, missing data. Oh my gosh, a three-day delay in data. I wanted to rip my hair. I'm pretty sure I lost a lot of hair, not only from COVID, but from that. And um, managing a team that was uncertain. That was a really big one. I, When I got back from Dubai, from affiliate world, I landed and my lead paid social strategist quit. And then my other paid social strategist, one of the leave, never came back. She wanted me full-time mom, which is great. (laughs) Then I hired a new one, he left. So like everyone left because nobody knew what to do and everyone's freaking out. But I will say the successes were planning. So, uh, 2020 to 2021 was planning, even though we had flawed data, we had to just be smarter. We knew it was broader, right? We had to like target broader. We needed to make sure that the funnel was really strong. The structure was really clean and you we were able to scale forward without it being complicated more often than not. We as advertisers get really excited. We're like, we're the shit. Sorry. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're the shit. We're going to throw everything in a wall and hope it sticks. And um, my philosophy is very different. I need it structured so I can see everything. I believe it's like a ship, right? If the sail has a hole in it, we're just going the wrong direction, right? So um, we really emphasized on preparation and planning, how we were going to drive traffic, what were the pillars that we were going to achieve. And in doing so, we were able to come up with a really robust strategy to bring people in traffic wise way earlier. So then when it was time to hit hard during peak, which would be your promotional period of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we went hard in the paint, and then we had a really great scaling strategy. So 2020 to 2021 was a lot of growth. It was about 200% across the board of about 10 accounts that were participating in Black Friday, Cyber Monday, which is incredible. Um, Now, 2021 to 2022 was, okay, great. You're going to plan. So is everybody else. But we have words like recession that are bouncing around getting people really anxious yep. year over year. We're not doing as strong. I know that January, February first quarter was awful for the majority of our clients. We lost, I would say like 35% of our clients, which is just gut wrenching, gut wrenching. Cause I everyone's like, you're happened. not, you know,
0: I think that happens ahead. every single year though. Like I, I personally anticipate that coming again because it's tax time. People, you know, start crunching numbers, uh, and I've 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 noticed this a lot with accountants, but accountants really they don't really understand. They understand numbers, but they don't understand you know like if and it's really hard to get them to understand this. But if like you shut your ads off today, all of that residual ad spend is going to come in for months, and you're going to get conversions because of all those leads that you've been building into your funnel. And they they don't right. under they don't they don't understand marketing, and that I have noticed is a big problem. Um, with some people in the accounting space um, that actually harm brands more than doing them good. But I anticipate the same thing. It's like in January to February, every single year, you know, you lose 15 to 20, 25 percent, no matter how good you do. It doesn't matter if you know you crushed it. Um, right. you're still gonna lose clients because there's other stupid people out there telling them, oh you didn't you didn't do good, you know, you're spending too yeah. much, your expenses are too high, but there's only so much you can control in your wheelhouse outside of their wheelhouse. I mean, for all, you know, they they're paying themselves quarter of a million dollars and they should be paying themselves a hundred thousand dollars. You know, they're overspending on staff and other things. So I, I anticipate it's coming again this year personally.
1: Okay. Well let's brace Before. ourselves together. I'll call you and be like, <laughs> help me. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you. Actually it's a really funny story that is related to black Friday, cyber Monday, uh, or actually we'll, we'll say, I say peak, right? So a lot of people are like, what's peak? And I say peak is October, end of October, November, December, and January. Like that, that time frame, because you still have to recover after December and the promotional periods. And then you've got your end of year sales in January, et cetera, right? And then you've got Valentine's Day that nobody shops on. Yeah. So, you know, I have a really cool story. Um, and it talks about a CPA, exactly to your point. A CPA, CFO. And it was a really, it's a really big company that we work with right now. And we had a set budget and I hate set budgets. Obviously we know we need them sometimes, but I hate them because you never know what's going to happen during peak. You never know it's going to hit super hard or if, you know, it flops and you have to have, you know, backup plans and and how are you scaling? So I like to have thresholds. Is it a ROAS? Is it a cost per acquisition goal? Is it MER? Is it core? Which is, you know, I was stay synonymous what is that goal and let's really refine that and then let me push let me do my job right um the problem that we ran into is that we owe, we exceeded our goal this year by about nine hundred thousand dollars and that's incredible mm-hmm. we also spent a hundred thousand dollars over what the budget was the core that's, that's goal was
0: row as so like you know when you look at the return eight nine you know so What's the problem? That's my first initial reaction.
1: Right. What's the problem? That's where I'm sitting there. I'm getting screamed at, right? I, I hear it. And like, we're used to it. I'm getting screamed at like, you're making my life so hard with my CFO and you're making this my econ. I'm like, whatever, dude, did you make money? Like, yeah. did, did you make money? Are your margins good? And CFOs don't hear that. CFOs see balance sheets and they see this and they have set budgets and they have to get them approved and credit lines, et cetera. And the way that we see things is, I made you more money, you grew. And I realized very quickly, we're bullish. We are very um, we're risk averse <laughs> to a certain point, right? We are, uh, what do I call it? We're dangerously, um, we're the type of people that love challenge and it's dangerous. And I've noticed that with a lot of advertisers, especially when I was at affiliate world, just the mindset of how we are, which is dangerously challenging. Um, but also I told them next year, do not give me a budget. Maybe come up with some fantastic budget of like some crazy number you think will never reach. So then there's this concept of high hopes and no expectations. So the number one uh, metric we needed to hit was core. So core is cost of revenue, right? And that percentage that we needed to hit was below 15%. We hit 13% consistently and we still were met with anger. So sometimes you never win. I still consider a huge win. Mm -hmm. Um, But back to the topic that you were asking is 2020 to 2021 was a lot of just preparation and planning. Also like 2019 to 2020 was a lot of year over year comparison where every free advertiser had a headache of explaining to their client, you're not going to get the same thing this year because we have all these new hurdles like shipping and, you know, so much inventories at dock and all of this. Right. So I think for 2022, it was a lot of still preparation and planning. A lot more companies keep coming into the mix every year, but it's also first party data. I think that's absolutely essential.
0: Yep. Did you lose that client or are they still with you? Oh,
1: they're still with us. We still scream at each other. It's fine. We still made money, so we're yeah. good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's good to hear. I uh, I understand the <clears throat> we have the same problem with all of the clients. I mean, I've been doing this since two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, and it's it never goes away. It's only gotten worse. <clears throat> I think the I blame COVID, but it seems to have changed people at their core. I really and I truly believe that. Um, ever since COVID, I think just the whole. And maybe other people have seen it and if so, you know, drop it in the comments or whatever. But not only from a marketing perspective, but just anywhere you go in public now, it's almost like, you know, 80% of the population's attitude towards the world has just drastically changed. Everybody is a lot more lazy. They don't want to work. You know, I could tell you stories of just contractors of doing some construction on our house, you know, that really that really shed it to light on just people's attitude um and it's been a significant change in in my opinion it's it's ruined a lot of me wanting to go out in public anymore to be honest with you just don't like a lot of people anymore um well
1: I've never liked people so if you start there (laughs) and then you're always gonna succeed and yeah I agree with you you know what I have noticed about advertising I spoke to Nick about this too of like structures and of teams and like pods and all this stuff of like what are we going to do to like reinvigorate people and especially staff? And what I've noticed is big tech companies this is a little kind of off, but specifically with advertisers, big tech companies will get like this big. Not even big tech uh, startups will get this huge round of funding. All these really young advertisers that are still hungry run because they get like crazy salaries. That I, I don't know how old you are, and I won't ask, but like for me. I my first job I was making I think thirty eight fifty salary and I was crying happy I right out of college I was like yes and I had an internship where I had to pay money to park every day I was broke but I was like this is gonna be it and then making fifty thousand dollars a year was just like I'm so excited I don't know if it's a bitter side of me or like you know also just kudos to you but these kids are getting hundred and fifty k. Hundred k salaries out the gate from the startup money, but what they don't understand is that they will ring you out dry with everything, every bit of energy, love that you have, passion, um, completely dry. And then by the time they come to us and they have a very like healthy environment, not only are they like either just completely not motivated anymore, or they're just lazy. or you know you see what i'm saying it's sad i'm seeing the trend too in the workforce not only the laziness of people not wanting to work but also just being completely devastatingly drained
0: yeah yeah how old do you think i am
1: oh we're doing this uh i would say 32
0: no i'm 30 gonna be 39 okay okay well old old balls (laughs) (laughs)
1: like well you aged well I'm aging. Well, that's because I stay inside. Of it. I don't.
0: I don't go into the sun. I'm like a vampire.
1: <laughs> just don't talk to people. Remember, because yeah. you hate people, the end. It's just, just age, age. is less. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, moral of the story is year over year, you you know, you've saw great success. You saw growth um, amongst most of your accounts. Well, what are you guys anticipating and setting up for for 2024?
1: Yeah, that's like, a great question. 2020, 2023. Yeah, um, yeah. 2024. No clue. Um, I would say, you know, I I will tell you the strength and I'll tell you my biggest fear. So I think the biggest strength that we have is building up data and first-party data. Like I truly, truly, truly believe it to the core. Um, If you aren't using a tool, whether it's our tool, whether it's any other tool, you're already losing um, whether even if it's just storage of your own data and accurately attributing that data to the right platforms mm-hmm. and understanding that that lifetime value and understanding that you're, you have such incredible data at your fingertips. Um, I think that in 2023 is absolutely essential. And what that looks like is unknown still. We think we know everything that's going to happen in the year, but so much can change within one quarter. I yep. think the number one thing is first party data, how to look at that, I believe in automation to a certain degree. So once you have first party data and it's accurate, now you can kind of go back to what you used to do in Facebook thinking that everything was accurate to begin with, which it wasn't. Big bubble burst. Um, and then you set up rules at the very bottom end just to make sure things like scale by X percentage, if Y, so if then statements, get that done. And then you you allow your strategists to have a brilliant space to be um, challenging in, in their strategy and what's next. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, um, and that means creatively, also preparation wise, um, deals, offers, all of that, right? Outreach influencers. My biggest fear is TikTok. <laughs> that is. My biggest fear.
0: What is your fear and with that?
1: my fear with TikTok is conversion? Uh very rarely do I find an advertiser who's cracked the code.
0: Well, you know, that's funny that you say that because you hear about people cracking the code, right? But you don't see it. And I've been doing this a very long time, and I think I'm good at what I do, but I don't care what people do. like we'll tick. It's kind of like it's kind of like native, and it's kind of like, you know snapchat does it work yeah one in maybe ten thousand for some people it does work but it's a very very it's just like you know affiliates look how many affiliates are left in the space there's not a lot of them it does work cold email does it work yeah it works have i ever seen it work no do i know people that can buy a lamborghini 10 times over in cash from doing only cold email yeah they've cracked the code um I am still a big believer that TikTok is very much just as much an awareness channel as uh you know Snapchat don't conver- don't consider it a conversion focused channel and we've talked about this on our lives but TikTok is so far behind in terms of data aggregation when you compare it to Facebook and when you compare it to Google they're still a very new kid on the block and you know you, you compare what Facebook has in in terms of their AI and what they've been able to do and you compare what Google has, I mean, more data than probably anybody. Um, and they just, you know, they're decades behind. Um, I don't see TikTok. Everybody's on this high level craze because, you know, we're killing brain cells with people. And I'm just guilty, but I don't look at TikTok. I look at reels. <laughs> so, Same
1: thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but Same yeah, thing, it's,
1: different it's, channel. Yeah. Go for it.
0: Just a brain. It's just a brain brain killer um but yeah well, i've seen the same thing like tiktok is a great way to introduce people to the brand but it's not especially when you're using a multi-touch point attribution software you can see the traffic coming in um but it's not incremental from a first click uh mindset in in any any which way um but you hear about it but ask people for screenshots you know yeah ask people, you just don't see it
1: Um, I mean,
0: I've even seen like TikTok. I think I've even seen, you know, TikTok only agencies. And I I just feel like that would be such a, that would be such a nightmare for me. I don't know how people. My
1: biggest fear. Yeah. I mean, okay. So truly, I talk to a lot of advertisers, exactly, exactly what you're speaking to. There's some people that have quote unquote, quote nailed TikTok or figured it out. What does that mean? Does that mean that you had like an enormous amount of clicks? Does that mean that you had a great click-through rate? Does that mean you had a large amount of conversions? And if that if the high amount of conversions, that that respond to ROAS? Like, I don't really know because what I've seen in the space is the cost per click is disgustingly high. I don't even really stick to cost per click. That isn't even a metric that I usually use in Facebook, but I have to use some metric, right? In awareness campaigns or any campaigns to, to look at. And that was alarmingly high. Um, I've seen success on my personal TikTok channels, channel organically. And I've seen 10 times more success on my channel organically than I ever had in any of my TikTok, paid TikTok um, channels. So that's really sad. I don't like that. So mm-hmm. I have a hypothesis that you have to look at creative much differently in TikTok. And that's because People who are absorbing all this content on TikTok, they could sniff out an ad. They're, they're used to Facebook now. They're used to Instagram. They're used to LinkedIn, and they can sniff it out. And they just want to swipe, or they go, "That's interesting. Let's go to Amazon. Let's go to Google." Maybe 15 days later, um, it could also be death by too many ads, like or death by uh, frequency, right? So how many times they see the ad over and over? But yeah, that's my biggest fear is because everyone is dying, you know, by their sort of TikTok. And I'm sitting here going, like, I don't see it. Like, please prove it to me. I would love to spend $10,000 with Justin if Justin decided he was the master of TikTok. I just need to be able to see it.
0: I think the biggest thing on TikTok is not even necessarily creative, to an extent creative, but it's your offer and your product. Like, that's, nobody wants another phone case on TikTok. Nobody wants a wallet. Nobody wants a mag charger. Um, I run we I run something. I think it's like I don't know. We spend like three five k a day um on TikTok, and it's uh it would be a competitor of like Hulu and Netflix, and you know we're achieving the same CPAs we are on Facebook, and actually lower than Google. Um, but it's you know how many Netflix, Hulu's, and this other guy are there out there? There's not a lot, right? No, and you're giving free trial upon so I, a lot of it isn't even necessarily i think if you have that standout product or you know um something that just is not you can't just go to target and buy it you can't go to walmart and buy it you know that's to me what drives tiktok conversions to that level of people that have figured it out um also the level of branding you know when you get to that pinnacle of where your brand is you know well known um You can run ads anywhere at that point, basically, you know, I'm sure TikTok works very well for Apple, if they even run it, just because you know that they have that level of branding that level of everybody knows. Um, Right. So I think that's the big thing for TikTok, in my opinion.
1: Right. And I think it's also one more thing is like the idea of discovery like people just wanted like i don't know if you're on caviar tiktok that one just took everything by storm caviar tiktok there's this girl named danielle and all she does is open a can of caviar creme fraiche and doritos and now caviar is sold out everywhere it's like what you know and she gained her followers i mean here here's a great case study i'm a nobody and like nobody no one gives a shit right but i i did two tick two distinct tiktok videos one i looked Absolutely homeless, and I'll own it 110%. And I like got back out from the pool. I don't know what made me think this. I grabbed these popsicles out of my fridge or freezer, bring them out, and I just want, I just found these popsicles. They're 6% alcohol. I got them at Target. If you tell me it's been too much at Target, you're wrong. They're sold out everywhere at Target. Did I have a partnership with Target? Absolutely not. Did I have any intentions of it? Absolutely not. And I think maybe that type of content is disarming where they know it's just a regular person. They know that person is not sponsored. They think it's a true discovery product. Um, And the same thing happened with this probiotic yogurt I I found. It's called Coconut Cult. You're welcome. And I did the same thing and tried it. It's sold out everywhere in Whole Foods on their website. And it's not really about me. It's about the fact that it was discovery again. It's disarming. I said, it's not sponsored. And and as an advertiser, I go, how do we make this work? (laughs) Like, how do we create this? And I haven't figured it out yet. So it's a very interesting space. I'm, I'm curious, annoyed, but that is my biggest fear as well. And maybe that fear will drive some type of resolution in 2023, and we can have this conversation next year. And maybe we figured it out. So
0: that's the hope. So your fear is your fear is missing out, or the FOMO, or what is your big fear of TikTok?
1: I think my fear is not figuring it out. If there is, there's got to be a formula, and I want to figure it out. Um <laughs> And I think my fear is also so many people just burning their money on the platform trying to figure it out. And that makes my heart break. It's also, it, it's the name of the game, right? Yeah. But yeah, it, there's also a human sides to it where you don't want people to hurt on a platform that isn't a surefire shot. Same with LinkedIn. I've only seen success with LinkedIn a handful of times. Um, again, maybe I'm just not an expert on LinkedIn. I think you have more success there than TikTok personally. But yeah, it's it's just interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, all of those platforms work, but if you're not, my philosophy is if you haven't maximized Facebook, one, Google, two, Bing, probably three, but I would put email almost probably up above all of those and SEO and your organic, just posting engagement, customer service, responding to people. Like once you have those figured out and you have that level of, notoriety and where you're spending over seven seven figures a month then start looking into awareness media yeah I mean I got an email yesterday from uh formula one and they were trying I think it was like I shouldn't even pull it up but it was like seven million dollars or something for a billboard on like crazy and they're like yeah anybody you know if you have the brands that want this or whatever um and these are like huge brands but it was just insane to me that you know, and those are the the pinnacle, Pepsis and Coca Colas that have that money to spend. You know, um, when I saw it, I was just floored. No, I'm actually going to go look. Fu remember.
1: money, yeah, fuck you, money guys. Yeah. I love that. I want that. If anybody oh. wants to donate that to me instead of a billboard, feel free. I'll talk about Formula sure. One all day for you.
0: It was uh, one million. For one spot, $2.5 for two and a half spots on the uh, Las Vegas Grand Prix. And I think you get like a spot on the billboards, like on some of the big, like, I don't know, on the strip, like digital billboards, like on like one spot, $1 million. Like, this <laughs> is like, there's so many. I mean, you could spend that and get 8X ROAS, you know, like you said hundred thousand you had eight million um,
1: right I mean I look at that as like view attribution and and it's it's interesting right because I have this debate. So our platform only works off of click attribution no view attribution. and the reason why is the same idea as a billboard. It's like who's to say you didn't buy because of the billboard? you know you're right. maybe you did unless you have a phone number on that billboard that you can track unless you have something like a coupon code that you can track that's you tailored to that billboard. There's no real way to know. (laughs) And that's really like, and that's the same with view. I think at least in Facebook is, it's a proprietary blend of data that Facebook has deemed as a view, right? I don't know what that is. And maybe they do. I think there's probably documentation that tells you, but I don't know for sure. But a click is something tangible that I can work off of and know. And again, that click journey, that multi-attribution click journey that you were speaking to is so important. That's what I work off. And then that is the success of what we've done Twenty twenty. To, or 2021 and 2022. I'm getting confused because we're in 2023. But oh, yeah. if, because we understood that full journey, we were able to capitalize on specific channels, exactly what you're speaking to, even SEO, um, just having everything drilled down from Clavio to SEO to Google Ads, um, TikTok, all of that. I want to know what buckets, even referral, duck, duck, go. I want to know what the touch points are, first click, last click, linear, full impact, um, so I can make more educated decisions.
0: Yep. Yep. No, that makes, yeah. sense. um, let's talk for the last like 28 minutes. Um, you know, I don't think we've done a live on this in quite a while. So I'm pretty excited on Facebook strategy, scaling strategy, optimization strategy. Um, would love to chat with that about you. Um, so talk to us a little bit about maybe a brand that you audit. And I'm sure you've had a lot of these brands and, you know, let's just use a, let's see as a quarter of a million spend a month. Uh, type you yeah. go into audit, you know you notice some things wrong. You need to restructure, leave some of their stuff on, you know, and then you're going to start pivoting your own campaign. Slowly turn off the stuff that's not working and set up your whole own ecosystem of proper ad strategy. What does that look like from a top level view? You know? Top-
1: yeah. No, of course. I'll give you the sales side and then I'll give you the like data side, <laughs> All right? So um, on the sales side, I always do a Loom video. Loom is free. Love Loom. I also feel like it's a connection to the person. So let's just say, Justin, you have this company that you're speaking about and you need to know who's looking into the account. So I do a Loom and I show you what I'm looking at. Before I do the Loom, I do my own audit, of course, right? And I want to walk through everything I see so that client knows exactly what I'm seeing too. And there's no debate. There's no me just giving them a document that they have to read through. I have to look at it from the the standpoint of who they are, right? Now, from the back end of the audit, before I even do the loom, I'm looking at number one, okay, (laughs) is every single campaign on the same attribution setting? And more times and more often than not, no. And I want to bang my head on a wall. And i preach preached this up and down. If you have one that's seven-day click, one day view, another one day that's one day click, another one that's you know, back in the day, 28-day click, seven-day view, all these different attribution settings. You're not looking at everything in the same way. You're not able to see everything in full breath. And I talked about this like a ship. If everything is all over the place, I don't really know what's going on. I have been in audits where exactly the company that's spending a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, a month. I'm sitting there going, I have four tabs open. (laughs) Like, what am I looking at here? That is a number one problem, right? Because I need to be able to go in, optimize it like very, very quickly, know what the problem is. Like a doctor, you can't go in there and not understand what you're looking at. So number one is attribution setting. Next is going to be the flow and the funnel, you know, back to the core and back to the basics. What are your frequencies at? right? Like what are healthy frequencies? So frequencies being how many times someone's seeing an ad, if I'm seeing like your bottom of funnel at a frequency of 21, again, very common. I do about a couple hundred audits a year. I'm seeing these frequencies, bottom of funnel, middle of funnel so high. And the argument is always, well, of course it is because we're making the money there. Okay, great. But you don't have lifetime value there. You don't have, um, you don't have like longevity with your client or with your customer there. And that should be your goal. You're not making money today. Why are you so greedy is is the first question I ask. So I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the structure
0: or, in terms of, go ahead. Before you go on to that, I have a couple of questions. I want to dive into that a little bit more. So yeah. RF, reach and frequency. What with iOS is it's killed bottom of funnel primarily. And I, for most, and mm-hmm. you moved to more of a middle of funnel strategy. What how are, how do you capitalize more on, because bottom of funnel has its place, right? But we all know that with, I don't know the exact opt-out rates, but I know it's above, you know, 90 some percent or something. And when you opt out, you can't be put in a custom audience, which makes bottom of funnel extremely hard. Um, What is a healthy frequency in your opinion for bottom of funnel? And then how are you, do you have any secrets tactics of how you're leveraging bottom of funnel in ways that maybe others aren't um, just due to those restrictions?
1: Yeah. So sorry, if you can hear the background, Um, I would say, okay. Number one, bottom of funnel to me is now email. (laughs) That's what I think bottom of funnel should be. If you want to efficiently touch the people who have purchased in the past. So Bottom of funnel does have a place. I think it's an upsell opportunity, and again, like you said, it's it's very limited. Um, I think frequency should never be above like a four or five. That's personally my just my barometer. Everybody's different, but that to me is extremely important.
0: Uh, I also
1: like, will weekly or daily. What what when you, I would say weekly, weekly. Okay. Um, I look at weekly because you know, again, like all these numbers are so skewed, but. I would also say the way that I structure campaigns is very different. Um, the idea is obvious, you know, the, the old idea was that top of funnel is going to cost you. You already knew that it's going to be a loss. And then you go to middle of funnel and you know you're gonna really rake there. People are gonna come and buy and the bottom of funnel is like, yeah, here we go, right? You're gonna have the highest row as bottom of funnel, middle of funnel. You knew that. Um, the way I look at it is completely different. I want to make top of funnel as profitable as possible. And most people think I'm absolutely crazy, but it's not impossible because we've done it. And what we do is why is it that we're not catching people at the first time? Like, why is our content not good enough? Are we not giving a good enough offer? What are we doing? So I kind of flip it on its head where, or we do rather is at the top of funnel, it's got to be so freaking good that you can't forget it, Justin. And you're probably going to buy there. Hopefully if you don't buy there, middle of funnel is just a safety net. Mm -hmm. versus before it was like top of funnel is awareness and middle of funnel is like kind of good. And, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. And no. So I think, you know, to, to answer the question is like, we have to get better at top of funnel because with all the privacy issues and with everything that's going on in Facebook, you have to get better here because it's broader here. And like in targeting in general, it's broad. So we actually started way early in how we approach it. Like, I want the plumber to give a shit about these blue light glasses. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if I'm targeting wrong. So I might have answered your question. I might not have, but, um, yeah, I would say a four and above frequency, middle of funnel, top of funnel, obviously. I don't even know if you could hit that frequency,
0: but yeah. Yeah. Are you using exclusions up and down? So your top funnel, you're putting it as, there's two strategies here that i uh there is data aggregation for top of funnel which we know the more purchases you're getting the more the more juice you're squeezing in the better it can target all of that stuff facebook has confirmed that so there's kind of two outlooks on top of funnel one exclusions up and down where you're excluding middle of funnel you're excluding bottom of funnel you're making it as cold as possible like it is outside right now we got 20 inches of snow yesterday uh, so it's as cold as possible. And then okay. part of that, part of what people say is, well, you know, and I see it both ways and I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer. Depends on your goals and, and your outlook, but you're then excluding purchases that you could pull in from middle and funnel and bottom of funnel, which can strengthen your top of funnel targeting because you're getting more purchase frequency, which can help the AI, but you're pulling away from knowing if that's a true cold traffic. or you know, so keeping it as cold as possible or allowing some of those exclusions to sneak in to help strengthen those proven campaigns. Um, two outlooks yeah. there, which which one, you know, do you use both? Do you use one? Why do you use one over the other?
1: you um, used to use both, okay? I used to do like kind of an A-B test of which one we felt was the best. And what we've seen the most successes in is all we exclude is past purchasers top of funnel we open it up. Same with middle of funnel. Um, Middle of funnel will exclude past purchasers again, but we retarget. But again, we don't really know. Like Facebook is so skewed. I don't even know if we're not hitting a cold audience and retargeting or what's going on. Like I just kind of go, okay, we want this flow. Um, So what I would say is the exclusions are from pixel data, which is not fully accurate, but it's also list data. So we put the list in there as exclusions as well, you know, and, and a lot of that is if you have a first-party data tool, breaching is if you know that they're coming from Facebook and you download all of those email addresses, at least I know that those are Facebook email addresses, hopefully, and then we can just go ahead and exclude them. Um, So we exclude past purchasers. I don't really do a extensive exclusion in terms of like, you know, back in the day we'd had to exclude if you were targeting ad engagers of Instagram and um, Facebook. Then if you're doing ad to cart, then you exclude Instagram and Facebook, right? We don't really do that anymore. Just exclude. We're targeting, you know, ad to cart, but we're excluding past purchasers. We're targeting ad engagers, but we're excluding past purchasers. So that's all the exclusions that I make. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I actually have like a full, um, did it a geek out. I literally broke it down. This is what I exclude. This is what I don't exclude. And, you know, and through the whole funnel.
0: Okay. No, that's good to know. I mean, I know everybody has their own own outlook. So um, yeah. Okay. So CBO, ABO, in terms of setting it up, when are you using one versus the other now post iOS and how, how are you utilizing those?
1: Yeah. So I'll put it in terms of scaling. Um, I always start with CBO and ABO at the same time. CBO is going to tell you what's winning depending on how much spend is going. So I'm sure a lot of you have especially you, Justin, are seeing that Facebook decides, you know, this one ad set is just killing it, but it's got got 90% of the spend and then one has like two cents. Like that's not fair either, right? So I run both at the same time and I want to see what's going on, like which one is trumping in each. And then I duplicate and then I always just go ABO. ABO is usually the winner. Yeah. So ABO for me is really important, but I still trust the algorithm to a certain extent. There's a reason why we got to where we go now. So I start with both, watch it, turn things off, switch it, and then duplicate an ABO.
0: Do you test new, like when you're new creative from a new creative perspective, like you have mm-hmm. your proven creative, you've tested, and ABO is usually the winner. So now you have that in ABO. Are you using CBO primarily for testing new creative? Uh, how, how does that, how does that look?
1: I do testing new creative and ad sets, both of them in CBO. Um, and then whatever is dominating again, it's like the spend. There's a reason why Facebook is spending so much more money on this jumpsuit rather than this, you know, sweatshirt. But at the same time, like I want to make sure it's getting enough spend. So if I absolutely feel like it's not getting the attention it needs to, I turn off all other creative and just leave the one creative on just Mm -hmm. to see that it gets significant spent in CDO. And then I duplicate duplicate into abo abo is where you start to scale in my opinion cbo is where you really see what's working that's what i've at least you know noticed in my experience now
0: and you're not putting new creative with proven creative i wouldn't assume
1: i have actually just a b test (laughs) just to see so you have like you know um there's a couple different ways we go about it so like we have proven creative in that ABO, right? The, the, the one that's doing well and we're scaling great. And then I duplicate that, put it into the CBO against the new create, like the creative, so old creative, proven creative with new creative. And I watch it, just duel it out and see if things work. I also like to do duplicates, So I usually do four creatives or four versions of creatives in one ad set. So you've got version one, copy one, version one, copy two, version two, copy one, version two, copy copy two, you know, do that A-B testing and just watch because it's almost like mixing and just seeing what actually works and then bringing it back into the A-B-O.
0: Yep, and it kind of goes off of what we, uh, I don't know if you saw the live with Max on the Ford method, <laughs> 10 in, 10X in your creative.
1: So we're actually trying to use the Ford method. Um, so what's up, what Max? <laughs> It's a, I have to rewatch it multiple times. Actually, my lead strategist was the one that brought it to the table. So kudos to Shelby. She's the one bringing it in. And I'm like, we should try this. I'm like, what is this? This is so foreign, but let's try it.
0: Yeah. Um, well, Max can't yeah. hear you because he's banned from Facebook. So,
1: <laughs> oh, good, good. Bye. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, Austin had a, Austin Stout had a comment on, and I agree, but he loves using dynamic ads for middle of funnel and bottom of funnel with uh, to show ton of variations in the mix and it keeps frequency down with more ad variations that you show um yes we do use that too um
1: love Love it for apparel
0: I do notice though you have to do a lot like typically we'll do a lot of product sets based on different types of apparel you can't you know usually you have proven categories versus others so really leveraging those product sets um, has been really really helpful for us as well
1: I love that because I completely agree with you. That's exactly what we do. And by the way, for predominantly apparel and men specific, uh, Dynamic is incredible because psychologically, like that's what we start with is psychologically, what do you like, Justin? Do you want this like really long, expensive ad that tells you all these details? Or do you just want to see that really cool snapback that's on your head? And you're like, oh, that's sick. I know what I want done. Mm -hmm. Like one of my clients is Brixton. Brixton breaks in with Dynamic and it's just there. We also do uh, gift guides like during promotional Black Friday, Cyber Monday season dynamic of gifts under a certain price point. So instead of this like beautiful creative landing page, which we still have, uh, we do that. And that actually brought in probably 50% of our revenue, 50% of our revenue um, during Black Friday, Cyber Monday peak. So Yeah.
0: I couldn't I couldn't pull off a fedora.
1: They've got snapbacks too. They're like rooted in skate and surf. So just go to the snapback section. Don't when you feel like fedora is the time, go for it.
0: I don't know. These snapbacks, uh melon. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah, they're a good
0: brand. They're pretty hard to compete with. Um uh, expensive. I have probably a couple thousand dollars in melon snapbacks in my closet that I don't wear. We high.
1: all have addictions. That's just yours. That's no. okay.
0: yeah Uh, what other give me a secret sauce like what's something that you guys are utilizing that not that you feel like maybe a lot of people aren't doing in terms of scaling from the Facebook perspective like what give give me give me something I at least gave you a career so give us you know we got you started so give us give us that good good stuff
1: I'll share my screen So I'll show you the secret sauce, right? This is our platform. So as you can see, like, it's just a screenshot because I figured I wouldn't just go into the platform and make life easier. So the secret sauce is we know what reported ROAS is and then we know what our ROAS is. We also know reported revenue and we also know our revenue. And we have this platform where we're actually able to optimize in platform. So I'm able to increase, decrease budgets, go into ad sets, ads, turn things off really quickly and scale. And that has been something that has been a complete game changer for us. Is um, this
0: a first click? What what attribution?
1: This attribution is full impact. So for those of you who don't know what full impact is, it, I like to say it because I also teach and I always told my students, I was like, all right, when you have a group project, if Justin and I are in this group project, but I do 100% of the work and Justin does 0% of the work, Justin still gets credit because we're a group, right? So- Um, Oh, let's just say this 10% of the work. He still has to do some type of work. The 10% of the work I do, 90% of the work, Justin still gets the A at the end of the day. That's full impact. So in other words, if Facebook had one click out of the four, Facebook still gets a $100 sale at the end of the day. Facebook does full impact to a certain degree, so that's why I optimize on full impact here. But we also have linear, and linear is going to be okay based off of how much Justin puts into the project. And me, uh, if Justin has two clicks and I have two clicks, then we get fifty percent each, yep. right? Um, so it's the same idea there. So in the platform, we like to optimize full impact for the first uh, three to six months, and then from there, we challenge ourselves with linear modeling, knowing that it's going to cut down. But realistically, most platforms are not doing linear modeling; they're doing Full impact. Um, I think PPC or Google is could be last click. We also have that here as well. And we also have first click. So you can see all of the above, but this is full impact.
0: How do you so the um, I'm Sure, you probably know, but I'm a big wicked user uh through and through. yeah you probably have heard of that. How do I validate your data? So you are, and I don't mean any disrespect by this, but you know, I really no. love to understand the nuts and bolts of this, but you're a new, newer media buyer, you've been on the block for a few years, yep. right? I've been doing this for a decade. I want to come in and I want to validate the platform to know, because I don't know who your developer is. So you're spitting out all this information and I don't understand the AI and the tech behind it. How do I see your click data and able to validate that to make sure it aligns with the data that's coming in from Klaviyo, that's coming in from Shopify to make sure what's pulling out and reporting is actually true?
1: Yeah. So we have a full shopping cart that'll tell you the full customer journey per customer um, from start to finish. Per so it'll order. literally per order.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, that's per order. Yeah. Per
1: order. Yep. And then you can actually click and it takes you to that thank you page, which is yeah. crazy. Obviously for privacy, we don't have their information, customer information yep. on that. Um, but what's really cool is you get to see, okay, first click started on, you know, last week through PPC. And then this is how many touch points through Facebook and all the different, and we see the full customer journey there. We have that LTV for you as well. Um, and that's really beautiful for us to see. So, uh, I'm going to grab that screenshot while we're talking and I can yeah. show you, but that's super, super important. Cause I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, then prove it. And I also love Wicked. Uh, cohort reports we brought in. Um, obviously, I don't want to be wicked. It could never be wicked. They're absolutely incredible in terms of reporting. This is mainly an optimization platform, but that was our secret sauce. That was like the key ingredient. I don't think we would have been able to see the successes that we have if we kept going in blind because we kept seeing those returns just diminish
0: without. Well, it. That's, that's the one. And I'm interested to see your platform more. We can talk offline and I'd love to test yeah. it out as well. Um, but that's the big thing. like. If you would have told me right away, like, oh, we don't have that, you know, it's on the back end, then I would have just completely wrote your program off because that's what Triple Well does, unless they've added it recently, but that's what Hyros does. Like, you don't know if that developer was out drinking Friday night and coded this stuff up and how they're pulling it and mixing it because attribution is extremely complex. So the fact that you have that, I definitely want to take do further due diligence look at it um check it out more um because i there's only one other platform other than wicked that i found that has it and they wanted i think it was a year payment up front with a year contract um and a, their platform was nowhere even near the level of what um probably your platform can do or what wicked was doing so really they're, they're what is nobody else on the block in my opinion um so yeah, I'd love to check it out. And the fact that you could probably do optimizations from it could be pretty pretty nifty and cool because you're basically yeah. working out of AdBeacon then, essentially So Yeah,
1: we're working out of AdBeacon. Um, but for the purists that need it, there's also a button for per campaign, at like ad set and ad, you can go straight into the Facebook platform. It'll take you directly to that ad, to that ad set campaign. We also have a Chrome extension we just launched, um, not only for PPC, but also for Facebook. So you're able to optimize in platform, which I believe Hyros does as well. But the full customer journey was absolutely essential to me. So it looks like this. Um, So let's just say like Steven, I'm not even going to pretend to say his last name. We'll be able to see, okay, from PPC, this is it. Facebook, here's the ad name, campaign name, organic search, and then it goes all the way up. Then it trickles to products, and you're actually going to be able to see what product that they bought. Contact info is usually going to be first and last name, email address, IP address. yeah, obviously everything that's legal that we're able to pull, but you're you're able to see within a time frame and from what specific campaign did that, and that's really powerful for us to have the proof in the pudding.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge part of scaling. That's the biggest thing for scaling, whether it's Facebook or whether it's anything, is it's truly understanding what's working and looking at things with an attribution tool, no matter what it is, to any extent, to be able to try and fully understand where you need to put more money from Um, and I it's easy said than done. And there's a lot of people out there that claim to be attribution specialists, but you know, you can easily pull a, pull a weed out real quick and know that they're not because it is so complex and you can look at it so many different ways, you know, right. um, you know, so yeah.
1: And that's why full impact is so important to optimize off sometimes because you don't know when it started. And so like, A thing that I really wanted to was back in the day, 28 day click was so good because obviously we got the credit for everything, but the longer lead time. So for example, uh, one of my clients sells golf launch monitors for like $25,000 and up, right? I mean, Justin, maybe, I don't know if you're a big ball and are you going to buy a $25,000 golf launch monitor the first time you see an ad?
0: No, my home automation company, they sell uh, like a... What's what's a golf monitor though? Like what is a monitor? Like your golf swing? Launch monitor? Yeah. What? Yeah.
1: So it monitors your swing. Um so I'll just say their name, Foresight Sports. Hey okay. Uh they basically it's a, this, it's like a portable golf launch monitor. It's about this big. And you bring it and it has you can have your own projector and it monitors oh. your swing, but it also takes you to all the different courses that maybe you didn't have access to because it costs so much money. But what's cool about them is you can take them onto the course too. Like a real course, and it still monitors your swing and it, it watches you gradually, you know, improve or decline over time. Like myself, I'm a lefty and terrible at golf, but like it's really cool. But the point is, is that the longer I need a bigger window of time, and I wasn't able to have that in Facebook to see it because it was seven day click, and I'm sure it's going to be one day click soon. I yep. wouldn't be surprised. So um, ours is as much data as you have is as much day uh, as much of an attribution window you're allowed to have. So right now I have it defaulted at 28, but you can go all about 100 days, whatever. You, and that really is helpful to me to understand the journey.
0: Yeah, our um, home automation company, because we have a pretty robust home automation setup, they saw um, simulated for like 100 grand. Yeah. No,
1: thank you. I mean, yes, thank you. When I'm yeah, when I'm there, <laughs> jeez. I don't and love. Do they take out. after pay?
0: uh would be after pay on like a 50-year plan yeah I don't the know
1: biggest that. car payment that's my dog he really loves the mailman um when i mean loves he wants to kill the mailman so
0: yeah uh, question from christina um have you guys ever played around with chat bot funnels Chatbot funnels.
1: I'm not an expert on chatbot funnels. Um, that's not really something I really dabble into. What about you, Justin?
0: No, I have Rudker for that.
1: Yeah. Um, we, we have a different department for that, which I think would actually be a kind of a cool chat on AdLeaks about because I know very little bit about it. But something that I have been looking into that actually, I wouldn't say scares me, but is interesting is ChatGPT. <laughs> that's not the chat bot funnels i'm fully aware but um like i don't know about you justin with the future of advertisers but i have a heart for people and i yep. want to give people jobs but i also know that like technology is supposed to help people but it's eliminating jobs it's it's a very tough scenario to be in my scaly business i don't know
0: i read somewhere yesterday was it yesterday or the day before that that costs Three million, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I read somewhere three million dollars a day is the operation cost for ChatGPT. I don't know if that's true. Maybe somebody knows, but yeah, three million a day.
1: That's not really helping much in terms of revenue or margin. I mean, I don't know if they even have revenue. It's a free, it's a free platform. Yeah. And I don't know where they're getting it. I don't know.
0: It's not my business. <laughs> know, Elon Musk did lose. I think he. I read this yesterday too, is he lost like 200 billion. He's like the only one that's, he's down to a merely 137 billion he's worth. whoop do doo da But he's like the fastest <laughs> yeah. person that's lost hundreds of billions of dollars like in the history of, of all time. And I don't know, He's maybe he's fronting money for that. I have no clue.
1: I don't know. That guy is a total mystery to me and I kind of love it. But speaking of which, are you advertising on Twitter
0: these days? A little bit, not a lot. It's Are you seeing that awareness? It's TikTok, honestly.
1: Well, i be really interested to see if it's spiked because of Elon, because then you have more eyes on it, and more eyes and more money. It's actually, a lot of everyone will watch.
0: A lot of people have pulled CPMS have gotten a lot cheaper because a lot of people don't like Elon and his whole philosophy. I mean, there's been you know celebrities that have got off to, to, to off of Twitter, and a lot of advertisers have pulled out. So. A lot of people have stopped spending on there.
1: Yeah. Same with parlor. Yeah.
0: Is that still around?
1: Oh my gosh. Funny story about Parlour. I'm sorry, Parler, but I'm gonna be so real. This is your your problem. So we have a client that sells gun holsters and we know it's just a matter of time that we're gonna be pulled off of Facebook, but they make so much money on Facebook. And um luckily we just haven't been taken off yet. I don't even want to say it out loud. Um and parlor approach i par, actually i approach parlor because i'm like oh you know you're you know this this platform could actually be perfect for us and they're like okay hold tight we have some incredible news for you phoenix you should, should definitely get on this right now i'm like god this already right, now i'm good <laughs> and he's like we're having this call he's trying to convince me he's is the biggest news that's coming out on monday you need to sign up now and i'm like i'm gonna wait till monday and monday rolls around it's like yee Kanye West buys Parlor, and
0: I was like, like this Monday? No, this was
1: a few months ago. This is so Kanye oh. West had bought Parlor, and what they don't realize is the CEO of the agency that I'm at is Jewish, and you know a lot of people at that company that of the brand they're also Jewish, and that was when the anti-Semitism, you know, and anti-Semitic remarks were made from Kanye. And it completely x our relationship with Parler. And then I just recently got an email from Parler a couple of weeks ago going, hey Phoenix, Connie OS is actually no longer associated with Parler. Uh, he pulled out. So would you like to advertise with us again? And I'm like, ah, Is that the me. one
0: that got kicked off the app store?
1: Probably. They're a free speech um, platform, which look, free speech is free speech. I'm never going to knock you for that. It's a very conservative platform. Um, but unfortunately, because of their partnerships, it's it's hurt them. Similar to that of like Twitter, right? You've got an association with Elon. How you feel about Elon's how you feel about him. It's
0: he's interesting. I don't even know how that guy is successful. I don't know. Because <laughs> he's, he's crazy. He's just yeah. a shit show. Good for him. I mean, but he's the decisions he makes, I I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I don't have well, some right?
1: I feel bad for all the layoffs that are happening in tech right now. It's just a shit show in general in that space. So cheers to all the people that have made it, all the people who need jobs, like hit me up. I know people who are hiring. Um, I know Nick. Nick is also like, Nick Shackelford is, is put up a post. If anybody needs a job that's in the advertising space, that got laid off from tech, hit him up. I know there's a lot of resources. It's just really sad to watch that industry kind of go like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, anything I know we went a little bit over. Anything that we missed. No.
1: Other than that, I'm really excited to see what 2023 brings. It all comes with preparation and making sure that we're all set. Also, we knew that people were buying early in 2022. So like crazy early. I didn't even think that Black Friday Cyber Monday was going to exist. I'm interested to see if it'll exist in 2023 because people are so anxious ahead of time. You're always going to have the last minute buyers. Um, And I'm also interested to see if more companies are going to extend their shipping thresholds and or shipping um, dates out to try to be more competitive. That's the only competitive advantage most people are having alongside their bundle deals is who's going to ship in time and compete against Amazon. I also, I'm interested to see if Amazon is going to completely collapse because uh, Amazon's cost for a lot of brands is just astronomical for a lot, at least like mid-tier brands, um, they're gonna pull out. So I wonder what's going to happen there. be very interesting.
0: You are talking about the percentage they take, you mean? Correct, correct. But if you look at, like you were at like a 13, you said you had to be at a 13% acquisition cost. I mean, if you don't advertise on Amazon and you're paying a 15%, you know, it's close. It's free traffic, it's brand notoriety, but the problem with that is, well, it depends on your, it could be 15, it could be more depending on your.
1: Right. Rate. But I think you're going to need to advertise on Amazon. So most of our clients are advertising in order to rank up higher and you have to do your SEO on the And Am- Like it still costs money to be on Amazon. Plus you have the acquisition cost skyrocketing. Um, I wouldn't even say skyrocketing, but then the percentage that they take away. So it does even out and you're like, wait a minute, Yep. your margins yeah. are far greater on your website and if you can compete for shipping which is going to
0: be tough yeah not only that but you don't the thing i hate like um i had to open up a store for my buddy on amazon because he got banned and so i had to set up a whole company in my name and like i get all of his return packages to my house and keep in mind he does like a million dollars a month so like i get literally like these fucking truckloads of returns and i have to like haul them to storage for him as it's. A, I hate it. Like, especially now with 20 inches of snow, I get like this big, just pallets dropped on my front doorstep. It sucks, but I do it for him because he's a really good friend <laughs> and it's his primary revenue source, like huge. But I mean, it's, it's like, he doesn't even run ads on there. Um, But Amazon, and so he, he sells like, uh, like precious moments, department 56, like those Figurines that old people have, like with villages and snow villages and all that stuff. And the manufacturer, which he's, he's like one of the oldest retailers with him, he's been selling for decades in his family. And they started recently allowing Amazon to buy inventory. Well, Amazon came in, like, just to give you an idea of how corrupt Amazon is, Amazon came in and bought like 200,000 of the SKU, like, and he usually would sell like probably through third quarter, he would sell probably like 10, 20, 30,000 through fourth quarter or probably for the last month of fourth quarter. So he would sell like a hundred a day. Well, they bought like hundreds of thousands and they are strict on map pricing. So like they have the lowest price you can go. Everybody has to adhere to specific pricing. If not, right. they'll one. Well, Amazon is like below his cost even. Like... And then, you know, he went to the CEO of the manufacturer and was like, what you know, what the hell? You got all these small businesses and here you're going and you're selling huge loads of our most important SKUs to Amazon. And then come about, you don't even turn around and like enforce pricing with them. So now his revenue this year, like on those important SKUs is like non-existent on Amazon, which it made up like 20 to 25% of his revenue right. just because right. Amazon can say, you know, fuck you. I can do what I want because I'm Amazon. Um,
1: I'm seeing that more and more. And that's why I'm interested to see what happens there. I think it's going to empower the shops, like, you know, with the storefronts, like the brand storefronts. And I think, uh, I don't know if you saw Instagram's release on like Gen Z buying behavior too. Of how you know people want to feel invested in a company for you know morally what they stand for and all these things right like the heartbeat of the company I still to this day believe that so I'm really interested to see that the shift is going to go um, specifically like the, the idea of, for example like fast fashion is now coming into sustainable fashion we'll see how the buying behavior changes in 2023. Yeah.
0: It's unfortunate. I know like even, you know, his his recommendation, because the CEO is like, well, we got to sell it to him, you know, it's a huge amount of revenue for us. It's like, well, then don't sell them like certain SKUs, like allow your smaller manufacturers to maintain certain SKUs where the bigger manufacturers can't have those SKUs because you're basically putting us out of business. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Great. Yeah, and I still buy from
1: Amazon. <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> I'm like preaching. But at the same time, I'm like, I think I just bought something like 15 minutes oh, before a call. <laughs> yeah. So, then, no, it's cheap. It's like, it's so easy. It's like a click of a button and you're good, And which is dangerous. And yeah. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Um, Really awesome. I would love to, if you want to stay on, I want to connect with you about some things. Um, sure. Uh, if you guys have any questions, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, you can either email me at phoenixadbeacon.com. At so it's just my name at ad, A D B E A K C O N. Well, it sounds like bacon, but it's beacon. Um, you can also just DM me if you want to go on Instagram. It's just Phoenix Ha. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me there. I'm on all these social channels. Just don't hit me up on TikTok. Weird. Um, so everywhere else is cool. And I'd be happy to chat with anybody.
0: All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Adleeks.
1: Thanks for having us. Or me.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, they're stuck with me. They don't have a choice. Unless they want to cancel. (laughs) All right. Thanks.